I'm Ben Byes. And I'm Carly Byes. We've been married for 12 years and together for 15 and have two boys. This is our story of a controlling church and spiritual abuse and how it shook our relationship and clouded our view of God. Our desire is that our honest view of pain and trauma in relationships can provide hope and the courage to hold on when life does not turn out as planned. While also providing a dash of humor and loving banter. We are still working to find wholeness and we welcome you on our journey. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> Hope everybody's having a wonderful day. Um, we have such a fun Valentine's Day tradition. Yeah. I don't know what we're going, when we're going to be having our Chipotle date. Yeah. But um, as most of you should know, Chipotle was our first date. And we've been going to Chipotle in some form, whether for lunch or for dinner, on Valentine's Day ever since. So this will be, gosh, what year was that? 2003? Wow. 15? Yeah, 2003. <gasps> 16. 16 years. Wow. 16 Chipotle dates. Wow. I'm such a cheap date. You're so fortunate. <laughs> so fortunate. <laughs> With that in mind, let me make something clear. Um, I know that Certain times in our final four, Carly seems extremely particular. Oh boy. <laughs> and very straightforward about what she likes and what she doesn't like. Opinionated? Opinionated. Yeah, I guess that's part of it. She's very easygoing. And and I'm saying that genuinely. Um, she's very low maintenance. Part of the reason I loved dating her was she was so easygoing and low maintenance. So she's very opinionated, but it's not like that rules our life. I just want to make that clear. Thank you. She's not she's not a, you know, B word <laughs> at all. <laughs> she's very, very easygoing and gets along with everything. Just because she's opinionated doesn't mean that it it runs our life or anything. It's she's she's great. I'm not a Jezebel, in other words. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate you saying that. So I, well, I want to make that clear because I think it maybe came off at certain points like, ooh, Carly, she really she really is opinionated, which is great. It's what I love about her. This helps our marriage a lot and our relationship a lot. But it doesn't mean that she's like that all the time in every area of marriage and so high maintenance. I'm adaptable, right? Very adaptable. And, you know, if we sit down and have pizza on our kitchen floor, she'd be cool with it it's not so like she dumb. yeah it's not like she's anything. a horrible person so <laughs> anyway i just want to make that clear because Thank i you. think it could be certain certain things that are said in final four might sound like wow <laughs> she's a tough one <laughs> but but i love that about her it makes her really fun and <laughs> helps me a lot to, you know anyway <sighs> Well, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so where are we in the story? We are about kind of in our final year yeah. at the church in the business. Yep. Um, definitely not our final year in our trauma <laughs> and pain. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the le- where so yeah, go ahead and I guess just continue with where we are. With the business, where we are with our relationship, um, where we are with the church. At this point, like our pastor is still not really, he's still kind of like in and out on a sabbatical, right? Yeah, I won't say in and out. Yeah, 
in and out's a good. Yeah. Like he's like sometimes he's, he's there. And yeah, there was never an official end to a sabbatical where most sabbaticals will say this is four weeks or six weeks or a month. It it was for him. It was I'm on sabbatical and I show up to church when I want to because this business is more important because it's going to pay our bills. So yeah, he was in and out of church, rarely on a Wednesday. Rarely there on yeah. Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah, we could kind of count on him not being there on a Wednesday, which was like, it kind of, it became like a huge relief because A, we knew that church wasn't going to be five hours. B, like, I think people were, no, people weren't feeling this way, but I remember starting to feel like, okay, I'm like really tired of this guy, kind of, in a way, you know, but like, again, nothing that Ben and I talked about. I just was like, okay, I'm now understanding to an extent that like this guy is kind of like making my life a little bit harder than maybe I want it to be. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I would never admit that I wasn't, that I was glad that he didn't show up on Wednesday night services, but I definitely was like in my deep down in my heart, you know? (laughs) And again, I would never tell that to anybody because that would be terrible to say and would be in trouble probably for even thinking that. Um, even though I'm sure there was other people in the church that felt the same way. But you, again, you still weren't ever there on Wednesdays. Yeah, it was rare. It was maybe once, once every month. third, every third Wednesday, which is crazy to think about. I mean, I get it, church and everything, but who has a, who has a Wednesday night service nowadays? It's like hard enough <laughs> with two kids. <laughs> it's youth group. Two kids to get to church a Sunday, once a Sunday. <laughs> I can't imagine at this point in our life doing that, even though our son goes to a one on Wednesday. Um, yeah. I, can you imagine going to. No, with two? little kids. Like with little kids. I mean, there were some people in our church with little kids that, you know, we'd be in at service until. I mean, service started. When did it start? Seven. It started yeah. at seven. That's when our kids go to bed. Like, yeah. literally, I'm just. Like. Huge shout out to the parents at our old <laughs> church who had their little kids. <laughs> Maybe a out shout out. I don't know. <laughs> until like ten o'clock. I mean, I ten I don't, thirty eleven sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I just don't know if I would be. I'll I'll tell you right now, I would not have been able to do that. No. Like in my right mind. No, and she would have been Jezebel for it. So, <laughs> so sorry to. Anyway, Wednesday night service. Crazy. Yeah, you weren't you weren't there much. He was occasionally there, like on Sundays. But yeah, there was no like welcome back, pastor. Um, yeah, back from sabbatical. He learned AKA, like you're supposed to do it at a sabbatical. <laughs> <laughs> it was oh oh he's at church, you know. Yeah, and, and it was usually like, Carly and it was knew. Like a huge treat. It was like a good treat, you know. Carly knew when he was going to be there because she knew if I was going to be there. Yeah, he was going to be there or. I would let her know before I was going, hey, I'm going to be there. Maybe we can get El Pollo Loco 99-cent churros afterwards because he's not going to be there. Oh, after service? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, side note. Do you, I was just remembering this. Do you remember when we, would ha- when we would go into service? Well, first, I feel like we need to talk about the foyer prayer at some point in we this. We did. Did we really talk about what went on in the foyer, though? <laughs> Okay, but what I was going to say, though, is when we would come into service, like when the trumpet would 
blow. We would blow a trumpet. (laughs) One of the pastors would blow a trumpet. That's how we knew. No one was able to go into the sanctuary before church. Like, you know, like maybe a normal church would have like people out in the sanctuary. There's some, you know, ambiance music. You're socializing a little bit and then worship starts, right? Praise and worship, whatever. Um, no, not here. No, 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 no. Doors are closed. Yeah. And locked. Yeah. And very like select few are allowed to go in because I remember when I was finally allowed to go into the sanctuary, um, that was like a big deal and kind of like put my stuff in and I would kind of prepare myself, um, as the worship team, they were doing, like they were rehearsing and and doing, yeah, yeah. And they were practicing or whatever. Um, so I was able to like then kind of skip the foyer prayer, which became, I mean, you never even really had to be a part of the foyer prayer because... No, I always was until I was doing the business. Until you're doing the armor bearer. No, and I was still part of that because I had to make sure that it was... That it was on track. (laughs) Run correctly. (laughs) There was one particular pastor, a.k.a. Moppet, Moppet, (laughs) Carpet Mopper, um... Who kind of like led the the prayer in the in foyer, the foyer yeah. and it was kind of it was mostly those of us who were regular attendees who would show up. Who else would show up forty five minutes before? Service? Yeah, no, but we were <laughs> we were at some point we were mandated to show up at least forty five minutes early to yeah. like pray in the foyer before church. Like so, yeah. our mind was right, our heart was right. Like, I mean, we've kind of talked about our car rides to church. There was no talking in the car. Um, there, you know, it was only like extremely loud (laughs) worship music, (laughs) you know, so like you, you couldn't hear the other person screaming and praying in tongues, (laughs) but the foyer prayer, um, just would become like this long tangent of one thing. And I think it initially started like great when we were like first really diving in and it was felt like super fed from the foyer prayer and yeah and it wasn't it was like just praying for god to have his way in a service yeah yeah not just for a person and yeah his but vision. then it, it just was... like moved and then anybody who walked into service that was maybe visiting or was there a little early they were like a huge distraction yeah they'd be escorted to the side of the foyer yes or to the back of the the sanctuary, sanctuary. yeah yeah it was just like a kind of an awkward time. And I remember just being like so over it. And I kind of like just made the excuse of like, oh, my husband's an armor bearer. I'm just going to go into the sanctuary <laughs> because that felt less annoying to me and less like, oh, I just don't want to. It was more just like, I just I don't feel like doing this. I just don't feel like it, you know. And it would have been pegged as like, oh, you're not spiritually strong enough or like you don't have the um the capacity to like push through i just didn't that was the thing i was like i i don't feel like pushing through i'm just gonna sit in the sanctuary and you know pray on the pew or whatever um but anyways before all of that what i was gonna what i was remembering was remember after the trumpet blew and we would all come in you guys, because remember, we didn't sit together. All of you guys in the front row who were all either armor bearers or pastors would be on your knees on the pew praying for an extended period of time before you felt released to, like, then jump up and stand up and, and worship. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, I mean, 
Maybe more Service so in the was beginning. A, yeah, it was a mixture of jumping around, you know. But I remember, like, even when some of the armor bearers, like, after they escorted our pastor in, um, would, before, like, just going to stand at his spot and, like, the armor bearers going to stand at their spot, like, at their pew or whatever, and begin, like, you know, lifting their arms or whatever, they would first go down on their hands and knees on the pew to, like, pray and, like, yeah. just... I you think know, that's like how that was it started, just like a, a, and I a, a, and I a routine, think a ritual. How it continued on is that <laughs> at this point, I think I was so worn out. And I knew the only reason <laughs> I would not have to jump around and like dance around the entire service is to be on my hands and knees and pretend like I was praying. So <laughs> I'd be praying, but I I think I'd be like on my hands and knees, like almost maybe a couple times, like. I fell asleep for (laughs) for a couple minutes. Wow! But I I knew that it was like the only time I wouldn't I wouldn't be called out for being not right in the spirit if I was like on my hands and knees praying with a with a blanket over me, obviously with a prayer cloth over me. But I knew that's the only time it would. So I think sometimes at this point, when I was just getting worn out, I'd just say, "All right, well." I need a break right now. I'm going to pretend like I'm really <laughs> on my hands and knees praying. And and some of it I was really praying, and I think a lot of it I was praying at this point was like, God, what is going on? Yeah, like, like God, just, please help me. Yeah. I, I am so desperate for some kind of help in my life right now. Yeah. And I feel like most of my prayers at that point, too, were like, God, just like, please help me. Like, just please speak to me. Like, please... Um, help me not to be so distracted. Like help me in my own, help me get out of my own head of where I am in life right now and like press through in the service so I can like get something out of it versus just feeling like I'm just surviving the next three, four hours at church. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, that was just kind of a side note. But I, I also remember like that was the enjoyable part about every first Sunday. First Sunday was our meal Sunday. And I was part of like the kitchen crew that like helped one of the other. just cooked the whole service and had to be a part of it. I was one of, yeah. Like, but I remember feeling like, oh, this is kind of like my excuse. And again, like could never admit that. But like in my mind felt like, oh, I'd rather just, like it just felt too hard to be in the sanctuary to like push through um, so it was better just to be in the back in the kitchen, like helping. And that was like my quote service, <laughs> yeah. you know, but, um, and then I'd have to like deal with any of, I don't know, just didn't have to, I don't know, deal with, I guess just, I think I was just really tired. I was tired, yeah. like spiritually without knowing it. I was tired mentally without knowing it. I was in a place, you know, we were in a place in our marriage where we we're just like, what is going on? Like, we're not happy, but like, can't reconcile that. And it just, yeah, it helping in the kitchen just gave me like something to do and not have to think about kind of just how sucky life was. Yeah. And I remember knowing that that was the case for you. Really? (laughs) Like, yeah. Did you call me out on it? No, never. I just, well, I don't think, say no, never. Like that was yeah. far from something that you no. would have had yeah, to have done. Yeah, it's not done. like it's far from something. But I, I remember <laughs> thinking, 
I think I, I was a little bit jealous. Like, oh my gosh. Like, you know, you don't I just, have to oh, be. I for sure just walked by with my little finger up. Excuse me, everybody. <laughs> I must. I, I have must, to go cook. Yes, I, I am. I have being... to go dump sugar and sweet potatoes. <laughs> I am going to cook. Excuse me, finger up. <laughs> um, so, sorry. That was a long side note. Back to where we're at in the business. This amazing, amazing business. So, <laughs> um, At this point, we're, we're closing in on a year on our uh, plush Culver City office that we're overpaying for. In fact, I found the contract, in case you're wondering, and it was over $4,000 a month for it. So. In 2009, so I can't even imagine what that would be nowadays. Yeah. So, yeah, 10 years ago. Um, prime real estate. Prime real estate. <laughs> so, um, part of what we were going through is that at, um, at one point in our business, the place where... Carly and myself lived, um, our landlord said that she would not make us pay rent for one month if we, we did a logo for her. So and I think, I think she really felt bad for us because we were, uh, we call every month we, saying her late. Me, be late. because Ben was not available. I had yeah. to call her every single month to be like, Hey, like we're going to be late again. I'm so sorry. Like so humiliating. So, yeah. and well, she was Carly was calling for our family, and I was calling for our business every month. The landlord <laughs> yeah. saying, "Hey, we're not going to be getting our rent in till the tenth." <laughs> I mean, literally every month it was. Yeah, so it bad. was every single month, and it was like, oh, as soon as the end of the month rolled around, it was like that sick stomach feeling of like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I have yeah. to have this conversation are we yet gonna write again. A, are we going to write a check that bounces or just call right. them well, and tell Oftentimes we, we did, or we would say like, hey, can you wait until yeah. this date to to um, deposit this? Yeah. It's just just humiliating because you, yeah, just humiliating. Um, and but I yes, think it's so more was, humiliating because we were working so hard. Right. And I, right. And, I and get she kind of knew you were never on, home and... Like, yeah. because her husband would come by and like kind of fix some stuff occasionally. And, um, and they were so kind. They were like the nicest landlords, but they also wanted to be paid yeah. <laughs> when they should be paid. So Which, we were just for a really bad place, by the way, anyway, it was horrible, but blue carpet. Blue. <laughs> it was so Navy great for blue us. blue carpet. It was so great for us at the time. It though. was. Like it was, and, we had and, high hopes for it. None of those hopes were fulfilled, but... <laughs> but I would say, you know, um, not to not to discourage other people or maybe encourage other people. Um, sometimes you fall in those hard times. It's like you're working so hard and can't pay rent. I know there's other people who aren't working and can't pay rent. Like, I get that. I don't have a lot of sympathy for them, but... There's other people who are trying to find jobs or working and just can't do it, and you're calling your landlord, and we know what yeah. that feels like. Yeah, like, it's terrible. You're doing. It's not like you're not working. I was working 20 hours a day. Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, and then we're getting into a year in our office. Um, well, but to go back to the landlord, she had. Oh yeah. We had made an agreement that you guys would do a logo for her, and that would like. Take a month of rent. Take a off, month of rent. Which off. was yeah. like 
a breath of fresh air. Thank yeah, you. and for she me needed and a logo for her business, yeah. so it was kind of like it, it kind of felt like she was just doing like, us a favor. Doing yeah. us a favor, absolutely. Yeah, but we were so grateful and also like so like oh yeah, we're gonna get you the best thing. You're gonna just yeah, like we're gonna just get more ultimate business. salesman. Yeah, I we're was gonna get ready. So I was much saying it's gonna be the this. best thing ever. Yeah, and. The problem is it wasn't on our pastor's high priority list. So, <laughs> you know, his stuff was stuff we were doing for free for people in the church. That was really, really important. <laughs> As opposed to a logo for someone who was somehow getting his employee to live in a place. So, um, we got the logo to her late. And there was, you know, she wasn't a great communicator back. Anyway, ended up being a mess where it was something that was high priority on my list because it was something that was doing a favor for us. Um, but it wasn't a high priority on our business list. So it kept getting pushed back and back and back to the point where she never really got what she had asked for. Yeah. And then when we moved out of the place and we had no money, we didn't get our deposit back, which we were really counting on. Yeah. And... Which was not her fault, you know. It was totally our our bad on it, but it was just another one of those situations where we got screwed. Like our hands were tied, and it just it like yeah, I felt like it ruined our relationship with her and made us just look really bad to her. And it kind of like we were, you know, that was when we decided to we were moving, which was which is kind of the end of our church story um, or time. But, and it was just kind of like, okay, like, let's just get out of here. Like, but I hate that, because I remember she emailed us and was like, I'm disappointed with how this ended up. And it just was like such a slap in the face where we felt like we were trying so hard in our life to just be good people and do the right thing. And we're just screwing people over. And I hated that. I remember being angry, like with you guys that like, you can't even do this correctly. You know, like you can't even do this. Like you've also messed this up, like in our in like my personal life, <laughs> like it just it was it was just so frustrating. Yeah. So. <clears throat> yeah, that was bad. Yeah. Um. So going into a year at being at our plush place, um, we were getting our lease renewed, and of course, and that was this was in uh, for the business. Yeah. This we got an email in May. It was the release. The lease was going to be renewed in July and the landlord officially wanted to do a two-year lease and I remember begging for a one-year lease because I was saying oh I think we might grow out of this place but in the back of my mind I was like my name's on the lease not our business so it was our business but our business didn't have collateral so my name was on the lease like we talked about so I thought please just for one year so in July of 2009 we did a one-year lease renewal and right before that, um, our pastor came up with. God breathed, God inspired, new business idea. Yeah. Which came about in Big Bear, in obviously. Big Bear. After gambling, like we talked about at Pachanga. Um, and, and I remember being up there with him, and this was after the gambling thing we talked about last time where he asked for $1,000, and we had to pray over the machine, all this complete <laughs> craziness. 
And I remember sitting up there with him, and he came out of his room one day, because we'd be up there, and he'd be in his room all day. And we'd never know when he was going to come out. You always had to be like, you were basically always on edge. Well, like from noon on, we were on edge, knowing that he'd never come out before noon. Yeah. <laughs> so um, in the morning is when we do all the fun stuff. Um, he came out one day, he was like, God has inspired me with a business. And, 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 uh, you know, I'm worn out at this point. It's been years and, and especially the past year we've been working 20 hours a day and worn out and and I'm away from my wife again in Big Bear, not enjoying a great house on the lake, just thinking, gosh, I just want to be out of this. That house was amazing though. house was amazing. Um, and he said, here's my idea. It's called Church Bazaar. <laughs> and from the, the minute he started explaining this business, I thought, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> if this is what I have to sell, I'm going to lose my mind. And it was basically, and uh, I know this specifically because I just looked through all the emails that are still on uh, the hard drive from the people that were working on it. It was it was basically eBay for church people. So it was a church bazaar online where people could sign up with their 501c3s and sell their stuff online. Um, and it had three sections, a swap meet, church bazaar, and then just normal people selling Garage stuff. Garage sale. Garage sale. And... Craigslist. He said it to me and I thought, this was the only time I thought, this is being done. It's called eBay. (laughs) Like so clear, clearly just thinking, you're saying God inspired this. And then he came up with these designs of like online, like these tents you walk into and you buy the church's stuff and like as a bizarre, like a bizarre, like yeah. a fair, yeah. And from the minute he explained it, I just couldn't be on board with it. And I think this is where, along with the crazy work hours and the insane demands he put on us and the the way they manipulated us, this was a major breaking point for me when. He was saying this was a God-inspired idea, thinking, this is done by people who have way more resources than us, you know? But I didn't tell Carly that. In fact, I came home and told Carly. No, this is, this is the ironic part, is he was feeling that way about Church Bazaar when our pastor told him his God-inspired idea. Ironically, though... Ben came home to tell me this incredible idea that our pastor had come up with. And he told me, and he said, it's Church Bazaar, and it's like, it's going to be like such a major fundraiser for us. And it's going to like be, it's going to transform things. Yeah, Yeah, groundbreaking. And what did I say to you? Like, that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) And I remember feeling really bold saying that to you because I knew that like I was going to be in some sort of, not like trouble, but like. You weren't going to like that answer, and we weren't going to be able to, like, laugh behind closed doors like we probably (laughs) should have. Like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard, and, like, laugh about it, but, like, just go along with it. No, I said that, and you were like, what do you, like, you can't, basically, you can't feel that way. Like, you can't, like, you had had to suppress my thoughts and what I was feeling because... 
don't even know why. But well, I think it's a, it, the crazy experience of knowing that you, I particularly was not fully on board with what was happening, but I also felt controlled in a way that my spiritual well-being was a part of what was happening. Mm-hmm. That there's no way I could have a conversation about this because. I, I, I feel the same way you do. So I can't have a conversation about that because if I do, I'm a heathen and, and I'm not serving God and there's something wrong with me. And I would maybe force you to like say something about it. Yeah. And therefore your salvation would be questioned. <laughs> but yeah, but I, I remember that was the first time that I had it like really said to you like, Ben, you've got to be kidding me. Like we are not doing this. I refuse to be a part of this. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it was maybe the first time when I didn't push it. Yes, just I said, agree. I agree. That's true. Yeah. Well, I'll be doing this. <laughs> Almost like, well. <laughs> and this was also the time when, you know, working the crazy hours, this is where we start to get into the point where, from our very first episode, when I remember driving home thinking the only way she'll be happy is if she's divorced with me. The only way she'll be happy is if she's not married to me. Mm-hmm. And this is where I where these feelings started to come up because because you were starting to notice like that I was really becoming cold and not necessarily cold towards you but like I was just becoming really dead inside yeah and we had the first conversation about that um that summer you had said basically like like, you know, like you're just really, I've just noticed you've become totally numb and like, this is really hard on our relationship. And I remember the conversation wasn't anything about like, like, how are you doing or are you okay? Or, um, I know this is really hard or how can I support you? It was really the only way you knew how to talk to me, which was really at me, talk at me and not really engage in how I was doing or how I was feeling or how you could like help because like you were, you felt so helpless. Yeah. And so I remember you talking to me and saying that you felt that I had just become so numb and that that wasn't a good thing. And, um, and I had been feeling that way for a long time but you bringing it up, like, made me really have to come to terms with, like, okay, this is a reality. But there was no, there was no, like, ability to, like, reconcile that or even work through that. Even after our conversation, there wasn't any, like, <clears throat> proactive steps we we could take together or even any apologies like on your end for like, Hey, I'm sorry. I'm just never here. <laughs> or I'm like not involved in your life at all. Or like even ask you about your life or anything, you know? Um, there was none of that. It was just, it was just like reinforcing the fact that like, Hey, you're not fully like into this and I acknowledge that and I don't really know what to do about it and you don't really know what to do about it but I'm just like letting you know that like I see this and 
I don't know, but I remember it was a really sad conversation and I, and I was reading back in a journal and it had just said that like, you had told me that you thought I had become totally numb and <clears throat> I think I was trying to understand why I was doing that. I couldn't really, it was so hard to understand why I was becoming numb. Like looking back, it's like so obvious, you know, so obvious. Like I was, it was obviously a coping mechanism. Like I couldn't depend on you being around. So it was easier for me to not depend on you and not rely on you. So therefore I became cold and numb towards you because when I wasn't numb towards you and I tried to reach out or tried to like rely on you, like I was let down. So I couldn't, like that was too painful to continue doing. So I had to become so numb to like basically survive. And it was so hard at that time to realize what was going on because I'm trying to like still think positively about our life and like what you're doing is positive and what I'm doing is positive, which in fact it, it, it was destroying us, but it was just so difficult for both of us to like reconcile, like we're like really damaging each other and we need to like figure out how to fix this, but we just didn't know how to, because we didn't even see that there was a problem. Like we just knew that there was things weren't great, but it was, that was like a heart condition. It wasn't like a lifestyle problem. It was like, well, you gotta, you gotta fix this within your heart and that will make things better, you know? But, um, yeah, it was just, that just continued to like, that just continued on and on. Like me feeling more and more numb because we couldn't really work through things together because you were afraid to even go there with me. Um, like, you know, for the reasons we've talked about before, <clears throat> but, but yeah, the, the, the church bazaar just really, <laughs> really kind of set me over the edge. Like, no, I'm not doing this, Ben. I'm not doing this. <laughs> and I think I wasn't on board with her, but I think for the first time I heard her because I thought, mm-hmm. I'm not really on board with this either. Yeah. And I think we had mentioned before that myself and my best friend were riding to work every day in the same car and he was picking me up and this was the same time that that was happening and it was a growing just not being happy with both of us Mm -hmm. and then this came up and we thought we were both in the mountains when this happened this idea and I think we both looked at each other and didn't say anything but thought oh my oh no do you guys ever remember talking about it together or you were just maybe afraid to like would never probably would never choose to talk about it yeah even though maybe you understood like okay he feels the same way I do about this this is total crap I think we did talk about it okay and this was part of our freedom over the next eight months is these small talks we had and then every once in a while those talks would turn into us getting a call from our pastor somehow saying in a weird way we were being disobedient and then that fueled our fear for saying we can't have talks like this but we're driving to work every day and just thinking this is completely ridiculous and I remember two people from our church working on the bylaws and then the rules for church bazaar 
and they just downloaded eBay's rules no. in terms of service and changed eBay to Church Bazaar. No. Oh, no, 100% that happened. You're kidding me. And Isn't I remember thinking, <laughs> this sounds exactly like eBay and like copying and pasting like a teacher would and thinking, oh, this was plagiarized from eBay. And, and oh then gosh. this was just reinforcing to me, this is exactly the same, just way worse. Like you have people that don't have taught themselves how to code trying to make a website that's going to compete with eBay that has millions and millions of dollars for research and development, and somehow we're going to compete? hmm Yeah. But why not? We've got God <laughs> on our side. <laughs> <laughs> so that was uh, Church Bazaar, and that was just... It, it, it was... That was the beginning of the end, I think, Church Bazaar was. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and then that July, we were going to Tennessee again. Um, and this was the July six months before we left the church, and Carly wasn't there, and I think this was my third time going there, and she mm-hmm. went the first time, and it was my third time going there, and I don't even. I don't she, even know why Carly I brought go. this up, and I I don't even remember going. I is it, maybe it was I was so dead that I I don't yeah. even remember going. Yeah, I mean I remember you being gone because it's in my journal that you were gone for two weeks in August, July, August, in Tennessee, and. I don't even, yeah, I don't even remember. I mean, it had to have been for the same sorts of things that I was there the first year. Yeah, it was it was, it was a, a yearly church yeah, revival, like revival that we did. Revival there yeah. for a sister church in Tennessee. And then from that church setting, we were gonna we were planning on going to Africa again in October of two thousand nine. Yeah, which would have been a year time. after. Yeah, and we were selling a lot of barbecue for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a big. Big time barbecue. <laughs> and again, classic our church style. It was, we started playing it like five months in advance instead of like a year or two years. Five months. Maybe, okay, maybe like three months. That. So we start doing the, the church barbecue and really working hard on trying to bring in money. And, you know, but I remember- for as hard as we worked, it was still maybe profit wise, maybe like. A thousand dollars a time we did barbecue, maybe profit, like pure profit, maybe less than that. But thinking to to ourselves, at least that thousand dollars is going in the pot to help to get our crew to Africa. Yeah, for another first class ticket. (laughs) Yeah, and we were supposed to go in October of two thousand nine, and I remember always feeling like. This is just not going to happen. No, yeah, it was just... It was like a very... It wasn't nearly as much, like, power behind it as the year before. And I remember just feeling like, this is... I just don't think this is going to happen. And there's going to be some, like, huge excuse why this is, like... Why this fell through when reality is going to be, like, we don't have the money and the smarts to, like, do this the right way, you know? You know, so there's going to be some major excuse, like, well, I don't know, it's going to be the the congregation's fault or whatever. But I just, yeah, I remember feeling like maybe because we were kind of just both mentally kind of on our way out, even though we weren't mentally together on our way out. Like we were both just like individually. Yeah. yeah, Individually. This is just not going to happen. Yeah. And and maybe hoping it wasn't going to happen too. Yeah. I think there was a part of me too, even at this point where I was like, I'm, I'm just worn out. Like I just, there's only so many 
so many times you can only you can there's only so many years you can live on three hours of sleep. Yeah. And and I don't know. Here's the crazy thing about the body is like you can somehow your body does it. Like you just somehow it does it. Hello, motherhood. (laughs) Yeah, true. But it was years, years of me getting three hours sleep a night and somehow functioning partially. I can't imagine how good the business could have been if I could actually thought. Yeah. But in the midst of this, probably a month before, um, our pastor went on another trip. And I wasn't involved, and I think maybe it was because he started feeling the growing distance of, of how, I was doing things, or I don't, I don't know why exactly I wasn't involved. In Who that. was even there? Just it like was his two, like direct right arm, two of right them. hand armor bear. Yeah, two of okay. them were there, and he went on a trip again, and in classic our pastor fashion, said, "I'm going to Lake Mead. There's a house in Lake Mead someone owns." A.K.A. right next to Vegas. A.K.A. I'm going to Vegas. (laughs) But it was his way of saying he wasn't going to Vegas, but he was going there, basically. And he ended up going and and gambling away all the money that we had... Earned for Africa. Yeah, that we we had put together for Africa. Yeah. And that was a month before we were supposed to go, and then it just kind of fizzled out. Like, well, hey, we're uh, planning to go to Africa. Oh, hey, we're not. Like, several anymore. things kept happening. Like, one of our, one of the associate pastors and his wife, who I was, re- like, we were really close to, and I was really close to her. She was like a just incredible support through all of this, you know, chaos. They ended up getting pregnant, weren't planning on it. Yeah. They had three kids already, and, um, but it was a huge, like, I honestly she, and she feel was like, like she the, saved our Yeah, she life. was like the the right-hand person to him in worship. She yeah. was an incredible singer. Yeah, so, yeah. so the fact that she got pregnant, she wasn't going to be able to travel. Yeah, she was like, I'm not going to Africa being pregnant. Yeah. In and, the area we're going. Yeah, and like the timing having, that she you, was going to She couldn't take malaria was, medication and, yeah. yeah, a lot of things that just wouldn't work out. And it was kind of like, oh my gosh, this could, like, basically... Like canceled the trip, and it was like a saving grace. Yeah, it was a that total she got grace. pregnant, and like even to this day, I still like. Well, sometimes I mean I haven't in a while, but I remember, you know, even a little bit ago, joking with her that like, you know, her her daughter who's now gosh, I guess almost ten. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Um, like saved our life that year. Yeah. <laughs> Kind of back to Africa. Yeah, like, I mean, who knows how I would have just continued, you know, to propel itself. because I'm sure I would have gone by myself. There's no way we could have come up with... We didn't have credit cards left at this point. No, there was no way. We didn't have any game show money. There's no way we could have both gone. Right. It would have been me. And knowing me, I I mean, who knows what I would have done by myself. (laughs) Yeah. Hitchhiked by himself. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah, so... With food poisoning. (laughs) So yeah. this was so it coming. It, we ended up not going to Africa. Obviously, I don't even remember like how it just like basically was canceled. We just were. I don't even remember. It was the it was same just, thing as the marriage. Like it just wasn't talked about. Oh, hey, we're not marriage. going anymore. Yeah. yeah, we're not going anymore. Oh, and your wife hasn't been around for two years. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. Every time we come to church, you're like, oh, yeah, First Lady's just out doing something else. Okay, well, she's been doing something else for a year now. <laughs> and I've been at your house watching HBO movies or pay-per-view movies that you paid for five in one night because you didn't like the first ten minutes, and then we had to pay for it. So <laughs> let's just, you know, she's gone, and we're not going to Africa. <laughs> but that was part of where... a ki- Again, no matter how much we were duped spiritually, because again, you have to remember that every time one of these situations came up, there was a spiritual significance attached to it. So we're going to Africa, somehow it was an attack, or the -hmm. business wasn't working, or Church Bazaar wasn't working, so somehow we didn't believe. And he had this network of... I wouldn't say spies because they weren't spies or normal people, but people that normal? that he would call them and, and figure out what everybody was saying and be able to manipulate it. And it's just like this most this sinister thing that um was so intricate in in how the word of God and his position as a pastor was used to manipulate and make us think that anything that we thought on our own was the devil Mm -hmm. and not God. Instead of us trusting the Spirit of God in ourselves, that was nudging for years saying, this isn't right. Mm -hmm. This isn't right. This isn't, what does the Bible really say? Mm -hmm. But again, he would use the Bible and manipulate what it was saying. So, um... There's a lot that happens the last three months. I don't know if we're going to get into it now, but I do want to look at um, an email that our pastor had written um, in the midst of our business. And then um, I'm going to read a little bit of it because this was what was going on in our business. Um, it's called Earn Your Desk. That was the, that was the subject that, line? That was the subject line, and this was this to is, our This is what group, you wrote? Our or? Yahoo group. Oh, yeah. No, Keepers was, of the Flame, Yahoo group. No, it was our Yahoo group. It was different from Keepers of the Flame. Oh, okay. This was this just to our just, business. This yeah. is, okay. 2 Thessalonians 3, it talks about we didn't eat man's bread. You know, you don't work, you don't eat. And then... Here's the words. As was made clear at the onset of this company, nothing is given for free. All positions, titles, and desks must be earned according to that work that is done. There are no favorites or freebies. Time of being at church, money given in the past, or friendships do not guarantee a seat at the new HW Design headquarters. It has been said many times, but let it be reiterated, there is always someone waiting in the wings. Who wouldn't want to work for a company that proclaims the name of the Lord and sees miracles daily? Who wouldn't want to work in a plush office in the hub of Culver City? Who wouldn't want to get their feet in the door of a company that is on its ways to make millions? The essential question to ask yourself is, what do I do that is indispensable to this company? What role do I play that no one else can do as well as me? What hole do I fill in the wall that I do with excellence, perseverance, and strength? Now to a familiar scripture, and this is 1 Corinthians 12 when it talks about the members of the body. I'm not going to read it all. And then again, are you functioning 
as part of your body of HW Design Inc., or are you making this body lame because of your position not being filled? There must be a continual advancement in our learning and understanding of the tasks that we have. Tutorials are good, but unless they lead to a practical understanding that can be utilized and will break this company to a new level, they are useless. There is no no in our vocabulary. Know your position and know it well so that when the day comes that we need five websites done, we don't have a lonely desk in the office that is not functioning. Let us continue to see our space in this office as a privilege and blessing and not a right. We reap reap what we sow, and in the end the crops will show whether the seed that we have been sowing is true seed or just a bunch of talk. The harvest will tell, and according to the fruit coming from your position, the desks will be appropriated. (laughs) From your CEO, that guy, and Ben Buys. So I read that months ago, and I thought, I can't believe how manipulative this is. This is unbelievable. And then a light clicked in my head and said, I wrote this. I, I wrote this. Yeah. And then sent it to our pastor, and he adjusted it, but I was the one who wrote that. Because, remember, let's not forget that Ben's, one of Ben's hidden talents is he's a good writer. I'm a good writer and apparently can manipulate scripture excellent. I'd be a great cult leader. So, and, and specifically I wrote this, and this is so embarrassing. I wrote this because he was very upset about something, about people leaving early in the night. And I at, wrote at this. 3 a.m. versus 4 no, a.m. No, 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 no. No, 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 Carly. <laughs> there was someone who was leaving at 1 a.m. instead of leaving at 3 a.m. So just think. You work from 8 or 9 a.m. until 1 a.m. And then you are the horrible person who doesn't believe enough to stay another three hours and work until 4 a.m. So then I had to write that incredible email (laughs) and tell them your position isn't given who wouldn't want to be a part of this anyone would die to be a part of this and not be paid working 20 hours a day right you're literally dying in your own seat (laughs) yeah but but i think that email is a great way to look at how again the situation was being manipulated saying you've given just wait until you see what happens You've given, wait until you see the seed. You've sown the seed, wait until you see the harvest. Just keep sowing, you'll see the harvest. Just keep sowing, you'll see the harvest. Just keep giving, you will see it given back to you. And that's just not true if you're not doing it in truly God's will in his heart. Well, and that was really the hope, the only hope we had to hold on to was like, you guys were miserable about business, but you just had to hold on to the fact that like you felt like you were being obedient to God because you were obe- because you were being obedient to our pastor yeah. who was the CEO of this company. And even though it felt crazy and you couldn't you didn't agree with the fact that like you should be working this long. I mean, I think initially you thought that yeah, you should be working this many hours to like build a good company. But 
that was the only hope we had that like somehow God has to like just, I don't know. Yeah. Award the fact that we are trying to be obedient in the most like unbelievable way. Um, to this pastor because he's also the CEO of this business. Yeah. Like that was that was the only hope you guys had. Yeah, it was a point of no return. Yeah. You said I've given so much. If I don't see a return on what I've given right now, what is worth what I've given? Yeah. Yeah. Instead of saying, well, let's follow God. Let's really follow his heart in the matter. It was more a fear of I've given everything. What if I don't see a return on what I've given? And again, a reminder that everything that we're writing that email towards was people who weren't being paid. Right. (laughs) But you felt like you were working so much harder maybe than some of those people and you weren't complaining about not being paid and maybe they were. So it felt like dude, get out of the way. If you're going to be complaining about something that like you're, you like, you're just not fully getting the vision then if you're not like not fully here. So you're going to lose your seat, even though in your mind and your heart, you really like, dude, I need to get paid too. (laughs) Take my seat. Yeah, (laughs) please. (laughs) Take the pastor's seat. Who's vacant every single time because he (laughs) works in this house because it's a smoking ashtray (laughs) with his friend at the house all the time. So, anyway. (laughs) More on that later. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, wait till the juicy ending. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Um, But, yeah, this is about at the point we didn't go to Africa. I'm losing my mind. I'm riding with a best friend to work, and I remember him specifically driving in an old car that was somebody else's at church that somehow we were using to get to work. Because you guys didn't have Because we didn't have cars, a car. Yeah. And him being so mad about something that he was punching the glass as he was driving next to him. <laughs> Thought he was going to break it. And this is where we started to feel some of the breakthroughs together of this isn't right driving to work together it was uh-huh. it was the worst thing that our pastor could happen is that we were driving to work together because we'd have these conversations that were private between us beginning to see that we were both in a place of feeling disillusioned yeah yeah but what kind of started the breaking point was we had the opportunity to go to new york kind of randomly i think you're ben's uncle and aunt live in New York, and they were going to be moving, correct? Yeah, they were going to be moving, and someone in my family had visited there and said they were going to be moving. Your brother did. Your brother had just been there. Yeah, and me and Carly thought it'd be great to go to New York, and randomly I emailed him. Which, like, let's just, like, make sure that it's understood that, like, the fact that you had even emailed to reach out to, like, a family member... Beyond your immediate family was first of all super strange, but yeah. I think but I think your mom started it by saying like, "Hey, your uncle is like gonna be moving. If you want to go and visit him, you have a place to stay for free. If there's any way you can make that happen, and that would have never been a possibility 
Like for us to be able to take time away from our busy, super professional life <laughs> to do something like that. But your mom, I think it just it was thrown out there because they were leaving and your brother had visited the year before and stayed with them. Yeah. And it was kind of an opportunity that we <clears throat> really were able to look at a little bit more because we were kind of backing off mentally from things and being like, hmm, maybe this would be like really cool to just try to do, you know? So that was kind of the start of, um, a a huge turnaround for us. Yeah. So we'll discuss that more next episode. Um, but just wanted to leave you guys with that to come our New York trip of a lifetime. (laughs) That (laughs) started a major turnaround. Yeah. Which has forever changed us. And, um, just, really furthered my obsession with New York. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But anyways, we will, we'll catch up next week and follow up with that. And, uh, on that note, happy, happy Valentine's day, as Truman would say with a B. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Thanks y'all. So for our final four, this episode will be, um, since it's Valentine's Day, our most memorable Chipotle Valentine's dates. <laughs> As we had mentioned before, Chipotle was our first date, and we and it was on Valentine's Day. And that was 16 years ago, 2003, and we've been going to Chipotle every valentine's day since then so first one's easy that one yeah first one obviously our very (laughs) first date which we talked about i think in our first or second episode um yeah that would just had to make the list you got a free kiss and a free burrito free kiss free burrito carly ate her burrito with a fork and knife i was embarrassed and i just couldn't believe i thought really someone eats it like that and then i'm just glad that today she'll just pick it up with her hand and eat it (laughs) so that was i was just yeah i was a little bit shy of how um not shy enough to give me a kiss at the cash register okay (laughs) i was you know i didn't want to be like a total slob on our first date, you know. Yeah. Quick recap, though. We went to Chipotle. If you get a burrito, they said if you kiss and they take a picture of it, it'll be free. We got there. She took a picture of us. We kissed. We got a free burrito. Just in case you didn't listen to that part. And we, we, we've we never had that happen again. Ever. No, that was when it was new. I think they were trying to get business. So, yeah, that's... But it wasn't even like it was that new. I mean... It was new in California. I know, but just, it's crazy to think, and we tried, like, tracking down the picture. I even, there was even a time that, um, like, they were advertising, like, they want to know your story, Chipotle was, like, on their cups. They had, oh, like, yeah. an advertisement for, not advertisement, but just, like, we want to know your story for, like, potentially, maybe it was, like, free burritos for a year or something like that. Yeah, I think it was. So, I, like, told our story, which obviously is super it's epic. like the best, the best Chipotle story, story ever. How so, could you have a better Chipotle story? And I didn't get any response. Like, honestly, shame on them. Yeah. They're lucky they even have our business. We're so. in a boycott now, maybe. <laughs> maybe this year will be the first. Um, but yeah, that was our first one. Um, number two. Which one's number two? Oh, I'll do number okay, two. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> um, 
coming up on the story when we left the church um, was around January when we left, Mm -hmm. and we knew someone um, who had asked us if we if we would visit their church, and we weren't planning on going to a church so early. We kind of needed some time off. (laughs) Especially me. Especially Carly. Um, But we did anyway, Mm -hmm. and it was on Valentine's Day when we went, and we went to that church, and we are still members of that church. It was an amazing place, and we went to Valentine's Day that, where we went to Chipotle that day, Mm -hmm. and it was just a weird, almost epic day where went from being a really horrible spot in her life to going to a church that was actually normal and healthy. And then... And it was a different Chipotle because it was... We drove from LA like, you know, 40 miles yeah. to, to this where new location we yeah. where we ended up moving. And um, yeah, it was like a new... And we and we ended up having several more... Even, even to this day, several more Chipotles at that same Chipotle. Yeah. Yeah, so that was a great yeah, was a good one. memory. Leaving the darkness. <laughs> <laughs> That's not where it ended, but... <laughs> <laughs> Lots of darkness ahead still. Um, what's the next one? Last year. Last year. Oh, yeah. So we <laughs> we did a Daniel fast last year. Which we talked about. Did we? Yeah, how bad it was. Yeah. That was the worst thing ever. Yes. I don't remember talking about it. Yeah, we did. Okay. Okay, somebody please fact check that. <laughs> but, <laughs> Our um, editor will fact check that. Yeah, if, and get if back you remember us, us talking about the Daniel fast and Ben complaining about how much he hated it, please let me know because I, don't, I honestly don't remember. We for sure did. Okay. Or or we didn't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think we did. Anyway, we did the Daniel fast last February, and um, it's basically if you're not familiar with it, it's all like natural foods from the ground and from um, no meat. Yeah. No meat, no dairy, no caffeine, no caffeine, no alcohol, obviously no soy, no. So basically fruits, vegetables, um, and beans. Yes. No, like other carbs or starches or breads or, um, or even like vinegars, like we're very like specific. So anyway, um, we stuck with it even on Valentine's Day. And Chipotle is kind of really the best place to go for that type of diet. Ben's rolling his eyes because he hated this fast this so works, much. The worst. <laughs> I would he, rather not eat food for 21 days is that than really do the true? Daniel fast. Because you couldn't have your protein and he was panicking every single day. No, it wasn't even panicking. It was like, I mean... Probably TMI. I just had a gas bubble in my stomach <laughs> for 21 days. All you eat is beans for 21 days. Can you imagine? I don't think I've had a bean since. Well, I think... I honestly haven't. Maybe you overdid it on the beans because you were so worried about your protein deficiency <laughs> that you just overdid it. That's probably what happened. It could have been, I guess. Um, <laughs> I also felt terrible, so... Anyway, so we went to Chipotle, and we were with both of our kids, so they got their delicious, like, quesadillas, and just remember staring at it like, oh my gosh, you better freaking eat this, you little turds, because this is going to be the best thing you probably have ever eaten yeah, right now. I'm sure they threw it on the ground. No, they like, for sure did, yeah. it Stomped was, on her face. Yeah. <laughs> Date was just throwing his beans and rice eventually, and I just wanted to, like, lick it off the table, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, we got our salad with 
roasted veggies. Salad with roasted veggies and, and beans and beans and, and all salsa. the salsas. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't bad. I, I remember. I mean, it was great. Yeah. Yeah. So that's memorable. Yeah. Memorable. <laughs> um, and the final one. The final one, which is a big one. It was a big one because there was just a lot of feelings going on. <laughs> so I was Not just pre- Valentine's Day feelings. Okay, thanks for clarifying that. <laughs> um, a lot of emotions, I should yes. say. Um, so I was pregnant with Truman. I was four weeks. Oh, no, no. I was no, thinking pregnant, pregnant with Tate. Tate, yeah. No, no, no. I was pregnant with Truman. We didn't have Truman with us. Okay, yes. Yeah, pregnant with Truman. I was, gosh, like probably I was about seven and a half months pregnant, so pretty pregnant, um, and maybe a little less than that. Anyway, yeah, than that. Um, we went to Chipotle for lunch. We just kind of decided to like switch it up and did like lunch versus we typically would do dinner, mm-hmm. um, especially before we had kids because it was... I don't know, more of something to do and maybe it was a little easier for you to get away from <laughs> your busy work schedule. Um, so went for lunch and I just was like in a mood. I was, I was experiencing some prage is what Ben, would, what ben would call a my, big my pregnancy rage. <laughs> um, and you know, I just, it was one of those every couple years or so I kind of go through the phase of like, I'm just so sick of Chipotle. I'm like over it. You could eat it like every single day. Probably, yeah. I sometimes get super sick of it, but we always stick with our tradition because it's important and I'll just like switch up what I get. So this time I was like, I'm just not feeling like Chipotle. I'm feeling just fat and whatever. And um, so I'm like, I'm trying to figure out what I want, deciding and um, like, okay, I'm going to go for a quesadilla, but I'll get some meat in it. So I have like some protein and just to like make it be a little better than just a cheese quesadilla. So I'm like, Oh gosh, I don't know. Like the chicken, like kind of grosses me out sometimes. And the steak, like, I don't know, you know, so I just like make a, like kind of very rash decision. Very bad decision. And so like, I'm going to go with barbacoa. And like, as soon as I said, I'm like, why did I choose that? Like, I don't even like the barbacoa. So let's, let's all remember my, my struggles that I have with people who are not efficient. (laughs) Um, food like assembly lines are just a difficult one for me because I basically just always feel like I could do it better or like just more, um, I just know what I want and I just (laughs) want to do it the way I want to do it and how I want it. Um, I like things to be very even, evenly distributed when building a burrito, making a sandwich, whatever this is. If I'm going to take a bite of something, I'd like to have a little bit of everything in every bite. I don't feel like that's too much to ask. True. I've learned how to make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for Carly, and it means that the peanut butter and jelly has to go exactly to the edge on everything to make sure there's a little bit of peanut butter and jelly in every bite. You're acting like that's like the most absurd thing you've ever heard in your life. It's not. It's, it's just <laughs> right. not it's, probably how I would make a peanut butter well, and jelly. That's, and <laughs> that's where we are so different. Like Ben I, could literally I could just care. slop it on there. Ben could or literally squirt the jelly and put a, a stick of peanut butter in my mouth and swish <laughs> oh it around gosh. with some bread and we'd be in a good spot. Oh my gosh. So the story of this quesadilla that I had, like Ben would be fully satisfied with this quesadilla. 
Me? No. So first of all, I get some like, I don't know, 17 year old behind the counter, 17 year old boy, no offense, but those ones are the worst. Like I already know this isn't going to go well. So gets a tortilla, you know, and they kind of rush you through the line like, and he puts the cheese on it. Okay. Let me explain to you how this cheese was put on there. He puts it in the middle of the tortilla. Okay. The tortilla is going to be folded in half. Okay. So it looks like a semicircle, correct? So it should be all put on one side of the tortilla, reaching out to the edges. So there is an even cheese distribution. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm like, okay, I'm like starting to sweat a little bit. I'm like, and Ben like knows this. <laughs> he's like watching it. me. And he's like, oh no, <laughs> this is not good. Like this just needs to be a good meal because I was already. Yeah, it was. And, and somehow we had gotten there late. It was, there was just a lot of, st- I think yeah. you hadn't eaten all day. And yeah, you were it could pregnant. have been I was, was hungry, was just, but nothing was sounding good. Yeah, you know, and just maybe, and days. I was probably running late or something too. Mm, that yeah. just, it just, there was yeah. a lot of bad things going on. Yeah. So I decided I'm going to get some beans in it too, because, you know, that wanted to switch it up. So, you know, there's slotted spoons for the beans. That's because beans are very like liquidy and you're supposed to like shake the beans out a little bit. So you're not scooping the bean juice into your tortilla. Okay. So homeboy does not do that. He just scoops it and puts that in the center as well. Like with like on top of the cheese I mean, there's probably, I'm not kidding you, two inches of a gap around the circumference of this tortilla that is not touched with cheese. Okay. So then he puts the beans on. The beans are sloppy. They're not evenly distributed. And I'm just growing angrier by the minute. (laughs) (laughs) Then the barbacoa comes and that again slops right in the center. So then he goes to fold it and he puts it in the thing. And I'm like, and I tell Ben, I'm like, they better keep that in there for that cheese fully to melt because it was just like a stack in the center of the quesadilla. And I feel like they don't leave their quesadillas in there long enough to get like a good melt and a good crisp on the tortillas. Right? That's true. But you don't, you don't, don't really ever get, get the quesadillas, yeah. but that's typically the case. Um, so, you know, we go to check out and I'm like, just, I'm fuming because I'm hungry. I'm so irritated at this point. And now I feel like my lunch is destroyed. Really, yeah. <laughs> like truly. And I literally went to go sit outside. I'm like, just, I'm going to sit outside because <laughs> I, I don't know why this made me so upset. It was, it was truly the hormones. I'm blaming yeah. it on the hormones. I agree. Um, because <laughs> let's not forget how Ben just had to explain to everybody how accommodating I am <laughs> and easygoing. This is really going against everything you just <laughs> said about me, but <laughs> I'm blaming it on the pregnancy. So we go outside and... There must have been like some child that was sitting at the table we were at before because there was just like food and stuff all over the ground. It wasn't a problem until the birds started coming. <laughs> and there was this other little kid next to us who was like feeding the birds his food. So like the birds were being encouraged to come um, and they were literally like surrounding me and I was so <laughs> irritated. <laughs> And at this point, Ben's just like laughing at me. I'm so irritated <laughs> because now like the freaking birds can't even leave me alone. Like nothing's going right. Yeah. Then I get my quesadilla and I, you know, open it up or whatever. And, um, they like, 
they like kind of pretend to cut it and it's not cut all the way through. Also annoying. And I open it up and the cheese is still shredded in the middle. It's not even all the way <laughs> melted. And that just like really pushed me over the edge. It just, I, I mean, I, I only think, I think I ate like a fourth of it because I was so irritated about it. It was soggy because of the bean juice, obviously. And the cheese wasn't all the way melted. And there wasn't even cheese, like half of it was tortilla. I think I like literally picked out the beans and the barbacoa with a fork and ate it that way. I was so mad as the birds surrounded me. It was like freaking Mary Poppins. What a day. What a day. <laughs> Such a day. <laughs> Such a day. Um, but I think once I got some food in me, I felt a little better and we just like totally cracked up about the whole slate. was like, of course this happens. Like, yeah. of course. Yeah, we might have cracked up about it. It might have been the next day we cracked up about it. <laughs> <laughs> was I irritated the rest of the day? I think probably. Just ruins my entire day. <laughs> well, I remember laughing about it later. Yeah, maybe later. And how yeah. like how just funny it was all those things that happened and like happened to me like the probably the only person that cares about each and every one of those things yeah. that oh, went it wrong was, it was a it was <sighs> added it was yeah. a everything together. it was a prage moment so it was a pregnancy rage moment but it was a memorable memorable sure. one never forget it never forget <laughs> it <laughs> um so choose wisely when you're in a rush deciding what you want from chipotle and you know what i'm just i'm a paying customer and i'm just i'm living by the rules now i'm going to tell you what i want and if i want you to like hit the spoon a little bit to get the juice out of the beans before you put it in my burrito or on my salad or whatever i'm just going to tell you like i don't want you to be offended by it but i'm paying you to make something the way that i want but i'm also yeah. really accommodating so yeah. <laughs> i would say that's true as long as you can see him making the food then i'm all right well of course idea. yeah yeah. I'm not going back in the kitchen at restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying just and I don't think I would really ever back send back. anything back. Yeah. Like I don't I think I'd be like, "Oh no, it's okay. Like this is fine." True. Dep- I mean, if it was something totally wrong or that I couldn't eat or something like that, which is nothing, but <laughs> Yeah. Anyways, those were our four most memorable Valentines days. Chipotle, yeah. Chipotle dates, yeah. I mean, obviously our most memorable Valentine's Day is the Thai Oasis massage, yeah, which we already obvious. talked about. That's obvious. Um, but happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. 16 years to us. Cheers to 16 Valentine's Days <laughs> together. For sure. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you later. Please subscribe or leave a comment. And if you have questions or want to open up a discussion, you can find us on Instagram or Facebook at Biography. See you next time.